section three of from the easy chair volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b from the easy chair volume one by george william curtis emerson lecturing section three many years ago the easy chair used to hear ralph waldo emerson lecture perhaps it was in the small sunday school room under a country meeting-house on sparkling winter nights when all the neighborhood came stamping and chattering to the door in hood and muffler or ringing in from a few miles away buried under buffalo skins the little low room was dimly lighted with oil lamps and the boys clumped about the stoves in their cowhide boots and laughed and buzzed and ate apples and peanuts and giggled and grew suddenly solemn when the grave men and women looked at them at the desk stood the lecturer and read his manuscript and all but the boys sat silent and enthralled by the musical spell some of the hearers remembered the speaker as a boy as a young man some wondered what he was talking about some thought him very queer all laughed at the delightful humor of the illustrative anecdote that sparkled for a moment upon the surface of his talk and some sat inspired with unknown resolves soaring upon lofty hopes as they heard a nobler life a better manhood a purer purpose wooed every listening soul it was not argument nor description nor appeal it was wit and wisdom and hard sense and poetry and scholarship and music and when the words were spoken and the lecturer sat down the easy chair sat still and heard the rich cadences lingering in the air as the young priest's heart throbs with the long vibrations when the organist is gone the same speaker had been heard a few years previously in the masonic temple in boston it was the fashion among the gay to call him transcendental grave parents were quoted as saying i don't go to hear mr emerson i don't understand him but my daughters do then came a volume containing the discourses they were called essays has our literature produced any wiser book as the lyceum or lecture system grew the philosopher whom my daughters understood was called to speak a simplicity of manner that could be called rustic if it were not of a shy scholarly elegance perfect composure clear clean crisp sentences maxims as full of glittering truth as a winter night of stars an incessant spray of fine fancies like the november shower of meteors and the same intellectual and moral exaltation expansion and aspiration were the characteristics of all his lectures he was never exactly popular but always gave a tone and flavor to the whole lyceum course as the lump of ambergris flavors the sultan's cups of coffee for a year we can have him once in three or four seasons said the committees but really they had him all the time without knowing it he was the philosopher proteus and he spoke through all the more popular mouths the speakers were acceptable because they were liberal and he was the great liberalizer they were and they are the middlemen between him and the public they watered the nectar and made it easy to drink the easy chair heard from time to time of proteus on the platform how he was more and more eccentric how he could not be understood how abrupt his manner was but the chair did not believe that the flame 
which had once been so pure could ever be dimmer especially as he recognized its soft lustre on every aspect of life around him after many years the opportunity to hear him came again and although the experiment was dangerous the chair did not hesitate to try it the hall was pretty and not too large and the audience was the best that the country could furnish every one came solely to hear the speaker for it was one lecture in a course of his only it was pleasant to look around and mark the famous men and the accomplished women gathering quietly in the same city where they used to gather to hear him a quarter of a century before how much the man who was presently to speak had done for their lives and their children's and the transcendentalism has long passed by it has not perhaps even yet gone out of fashion to smile at wisdom as visionary but this particular wise man had been acquitted of being understood by my daughters and there were rows of hardheads practical people curious and interesting to contemplate in the audience the tall figure entered at a side door and sat down upon a sofa behind the desk age seemed not to have touched him since the evenings in the country sunday school room as he stood at the desk the posture the figure the movement were all unchanged there was the same rapt introverted glance as he began in a low voice and for an hour the older tree shook off a ceaseless shower of riper fair fruit the topic was table talk or conversation and the lecture was its own most perfect illustration it was not a sermon nor an oration nor an argument it was the perfection of talk the talk of a poet of a philosopher of a scholar its wit was a rapier smooth sharp incisive delicate exquisite the blade was pure as an icicle you would have sworn that the hilt was diamond the criticism was humane lofty wise sparkling the anecdote so choice and apt and trickling from so many sources that we seemed to be hearing the best things of the wittiest people it was altogether delightful and the audience sat glowing with satisfaction there was no rhetoric no gesture no grimace no dramatic familiarity and action but the manner was self-respectful and courteous to the audience and the tone supremely just and sincere he is easily king of us all whispered an orator yet it was not oratory either in its substance or purpose it was a statement of what this wise man believed conversation ought to be its inevitable influence the moral of the lecture dear lady flora was a purification of daily talk and the general good influence of incisive truth-telling if we have ever had a greater preacher of that gospel who is he End of section 3